The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We're going to be in Psalm uh, chapter 4. We finished chapter 3 last time, and now we're going to be in chapter 4 as we kind of kind of tarries over and brings some of the same thinking and some of the same teaching from chapter 3. Uh, you could even say, uh, as one commentator said, it, it's, uh, chapter 3 is kind of the morning prayer and chapter the 4 is kind of the evening prayer. So you can really connect these two together, but shall we say there's an extra step, that some extra things that kind of digs into the heart of man, heart of those trying to cause the grief. And so let's go ahead and just jump into the passage here now in Psalm chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. It says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. But, now, but know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself, and the Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. So what we're going to see, we'll get into this, uh, later into this next time, but let's go ahead and look at these first few verses here. We start off with, he, he starts with the request similar to how we finished chapter 3 when he says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Obviously he's pleading and understanding the phrase, hear me. It's more than just know that there's there. It's more, it, it'd be kind of like today where we say there's a difference between hearing words and listening to somebody. I can hear people in a room talking, but I may not be catching on to the conversation. When somebody comes and I'm actually engaging in the conversation, I'm listening, I'm taking in information and willingness to do something with it. That is the premise here. The premise simply is that I'm asking God to do more than hear. I'm asking God to listen to me, hear what I'm, hear what I'm saying, hear the pain, hear the struggles, hear the desire for help, hear those things, and please respond. Please do something about it. It's a plea for God, kind of a plead for action to God as he is begging God to move in this situation. But then he says, he goes, hear me, O God of my righteousness. Please understand, he's not, you know, my righteousness, he's not kind of one of the pieces. He is the God of my righteousness. He's the one that establishes my righteousness. We know that salvation is of the Lord. Salvation comes to me. And while I am practically still a sinner and deserve hell due to Jesus dying on the cross and freeing me of my sin and forgiving me of my sin, I am now positionally righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. So when God looks down, he filters me through the blood of Jesus and he sees Jesus' righteousness in me. And he says, so really he says, God is the author of my righteousness. God is the perfecter. God is the one who has developed and brought righteousness in to me, into my life. So he really starts off pleading uh, just with God and, and in communing with, understanding who he is. Lord, I call upon you, though you who have established and brought this salvation to my life. He said this, he goes, thou hast enlarged me when I was in stress. The idea is thou hast brought comfort to me. Thou hast given me the strength to be able to deal with the battles. You've offered grace. And so like he said in chapter 3, in the past you have fought off the enemies. In the past you have given grace. In the past you have brought comfort in the darkest of times. And so I ask of that again today. He says, you've enlarged me when I was in distress. And he says, have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. I love the idea of have mercy upon me. 
You know, I read something earlier about this, and a simple truth was, even those of us who would be, if you want to say the best among us, still need to plead and thank God for mercy. Honestly, what David honestly could be saying is, of all the things, because of my sin, because of who I really am inside, no matter how good I may feel, I understand what I deserve. I deserve the punishment. I deserve that these bad things happen to me. So please, in spite of myself, would you bring mercy? I plead for mercy. And, and I think it's a wonderful truth. I think if we're not careful, you know, salvation comes to us and we enjoy the freedom from salvation. We enjoy God's grace and, and the gospel, which is more than just salvation. It, it carries me through life, through grace in every part of life. But as we'll see in the next few verses, what, what really is stated to the unsaved uh, and to those who have yet to call upon Jesus and recognize, he's really stating the need to understand mercy. You know, I've been saved for a long time, and I hope I never, ever get used to the fact that God shows mercy to me when I don't deserve it. And may, may that be something that still drives us and still teaches us today. Let's go to verse 2 where he says, O oh, ye sons of men, how long will you tarry? Or excuse me, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing Selah. So he's talking to men. He's talking to the sons of men. That would be us, anybody. He says, how long will you in the world, how long will you uh, that are alive, living, that really aren't following God, will you turn the glory of God into shame? Will you look at what you have and you look at what you could have and the truth of heaven and the truth of all this and just turn it into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? How long will you love emptiness and lies and deceit? How long will that be your life? And, and you could look at this from a couple ways. You could say those who have been saved or claim to be saved but never really converted, never really allowed, you know, never really called upon Jesus, experienced conviction and got saved. You could be saying some of those who, the world is full of it today. They want nothing to do with this. They really want nothing to do with this. And so David looks out at the world and says, how long, how long will you live? And almost mockery to God. How long will you live mocking the things of God and choosing to seek after the things that are, are so needful, or seeking after the things that are so empty, seeking after the things that do nothing for us when you should be seeking after the things of God? How long will you go a direction that brings emptiness? How long will you go a direction that only brings pain? But then he says a phrase, a word, really, that is used often in, this, in the book of Psalms, and it's the word selah. Uh, really, technically, it's a musical note. Uh, many would say the most simplistic way to describe the word sila is kind of like a rest. When, in music, there's just these little kind of upside-down commas you'd find, and what they're there for is a rest. There, there's a spot there where the musician knows, don't play a note there. Uh, you know, don't, don't play the piano note, don't play whatever instrument you're doing. You need to stop and just be quiet, rest for that that one, me that one note or one measure or in some occasions multiple measures. And so really the application we pull, what we see, uh, the implication to us is simply that sometimes when you read Scripture, you need to stop. Stop for a second and reflect back upon the truth. He says, for those, what's being taught here, stop and consider what was just said. Don't just run past the truth of what you've heard. Don't just listen or hear and kind of move on from it. Listen to the truth of what's being said. Reflect on the fact that the world as unsaved, as carnal, are seeking after things of emptiness. Then he goes to verse 3. But know that the Lord has set, set apart him that is godly for himself, 
the Lord will hear when I call unto him. So he comes and he talks about how the Lord establishes those who have placed their trust in him. He said those that are, are godly. Now we can look at the fact that you're saying that those who are godly in the aspect of those who have been saved, you can even, I would dare even go as far to those who are saved and right with God. See, well, I believe that God does not move in our journey. He does not leave us, but we choose to walk away from his protection. We choose, shall we even say, to follow the, the vanity we just talked about in the previous verse. And so those, those who are truly in, in Jesus... Because they've set him aside. There's a level of protection. Let's really talk about what David's saying here. He says, I understand all that's against me. He said, but I put my trust in the fact that God will set himself, will set aside for protection, set aside for good those that are godly. And he's describing himself. He goes, I am not perfect. We've described that. But I, I am in God. I am following God. My trust is in God. And I know that God will set me aside from the struggles going on. God will bring protection. And therefore, I have a hope I have a hope that I can find victory in here. I can hope that there is grace. I hope that I will not be consumed with all of the battles going on right now because he has set me aside. He has set me apart. He goes, he goes for himself. He will hear when I call him to him. I have the ear of God. I have the grace of God. I have the protection of God. And so please understand there's things you can try to do. As David's still talking about those coming at him. He said, but God has set me aside. God has protected me. And I put my trust in him for what, how he will take care of this. Verse 4, he then says to these people, stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. So here he gives a challenge to those he's speaking to. He says, how long will you ignore the glory of God? How long will you follow things that are empty? How long will you go a direction that, that, is, that is deceitful and empty? How long will you go the wrong direction? He said, how long will you do that? Please understand how God treats me different than he will you. I understand the confidence that I have in God because of this. He says, so I encourage you. Stop. Stand in awe and sin not. You know, it's, it's awfully sad when we know the truth, when, when, when the truth is given to us, whether uh, believers in Jesus, whether those seeking the truth or still not sure. We're given the truth, but it doesn't give us reason for pause. It doesn't give us the reality of the holiness of God. It doesn't drive us in worship to God. We go back to the verse where he says, you seek after vanity, you seek after deceit. You miss out. You're missing the truth of the glory of God, of the power of God, of the goodness of God. You're, you're missing what God is, wants to do, and you're seeking the wrong thing. He goes, I, I implore you to stop. Stand in awe at God. Stand in awe and stop sitting. Make a change. Stop the direction you're going. Make now, basically, in the New Testament time we live in today, we would use the term repentance. Repentance is literally stopping and turning from one direction to another. So he would state in today's, in our, in, in our interpretation today, he would say, stop going the direction of the world. Stop going the direction of, of sin. And stop and repent from that turn and go towards God. Stand in awe. Stop where you're going. Stop what's happening and change your direction toward God. Then he says, commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. 
just like he said in the last chapter, at that time when there's no other distractions, at that time when our mind can roam and run, he said sometimes the anxiety is overwhelming. In this situation, he implores him in the same circumstance when all the other noise is gone. Stop and consider the truth. Of course, Sila, pause. Here's, here's what I, the best way I think I could put it, at least for me, would be just like when we're overwhelmed with anxiety, the night can be overwhelming because there's no distraction. Take that same time of no distraction and consider the truth. While the rest of you people around you are saying they're wrong, while all the other teaching goes against, you know this to be true. So at a time of peace, at a time when those voices have been silenced, take time to consider the truth that has been given you today, the truth of God, the truth of your need of salvation, and just commune upon that and just stop. Think and consider what you have been told today. You're headed the wrong direction, and I implore you to turn and go the other direction. Now, for those of us who have been saved, there is a great reminder of the protection of God in the middle of this, because what he says, listen, while we walk with God, while we are not perfect, he says, God has set us apart to protect us from the things. We, there is a distinction between us and the world, because God has, has set us. He's, he's confirmed, I would say even confirmed, guaranteed salvation. If you've called upon Jesus, he offers you that eternal security. He offers this because you are part of his family. And that it's a guarantee to you. But if you've not called upon him, he says just the opposite. You're seeking emptiness. And I implore you today to place your trust in Jesus. I tell you, I'm always encouraged as I study the book of Psalms. And I hope you are as well. I hope that as we learn more and, and we just allow the word of God to speak to us, that we're encouraged by the fact that, yeah, we, we are grateful for his mercy. We're reminded of his mercy. And we implore others, including maybe those who may watch this, to be one to call for his mercy today. Thanks again for joining us. Please remember the next two episodes, Thursday and Friday, will not be live streamed. They will just be posted on Facebook and on Instagram and on our YouTube channel right at 11 o'clock or around. I can't guarantee the 11 o'clock. We can schedule it at 11, and we hope that these three platforms do post them at 11. But around 11 o'clock, you should see um, 11 or a few minutes after these videos posted. So you hope you'll watch them uh, Wednesday, today, tomorrow, and Friday. And uh, again, I hope you're praying for us as we're on vacation, as we pray for you, and we just give you a good time of rest. And we look forward to seeing you back this Sunday. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next time.